Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this Vikings Now podcast. And now what have the Vikings got themselves into is the question as we head into this bye week. Jim Rich along with Pierre Nugium. And Pierre, Vikings fall to the Chicago Bears 12-10 to 10 in a horrible display of football. The best way to describe it was a stat that you passed along to me. It is the first time this season that a team has won a game in the NFL without scoring a touchdown. And the Chicago Bears did it to the Vikings. Mm. Where, where do you want to start? I mean, we have... Even though it was only a 12-10 game, there is a lot to talk about from this game, and I'm not even sure where you where we even begin because there are so many different stories and so many different avenues. Oh, oh, let's just from this let's game. go with it. Let's go over the overview before we dive into the okay. meat on the bone of this one. How devastating a loss is this in your mind? Because the Denver one didn't bother me. Yeah, this same. one bothers me. Yeah, same. I, I feel the same way. This this was, th- this was just. A, a, it almost seems like you've had three full weeks now with Josh Dobbs, and yet this was the time where he looked like he had just gotten <laughs> got out the plate. Yeah, a few weeks ago. So I'm not – take nothing away from the Bears' defense. They played really, really well, I thought. And they've I, been good all year. Yeah, they have been good all year. I thought Montez Sweat gave Brian O'Neill a lot of trouble at right tackle. Um, four interceptions from Josh Dobbs tonight. Two of those weren't really his fault, but two definitely were. So turnovers. Should we be sitting here and say, yeah, hey, we didn't fumble this time. <laughs> yes, we At hung out of the ball not running a fumble. It. At least it's not a fumble. But um, the turnovers, again, turnovers kill you. You lose. You've lost two straight games by a combined three points, and you've allowed one touchdown in that span of your own two. How is that possible? It's not. It Tur- should not be possible. Turnovers is a big reason why. Turnovers is a huge reason why four interceptions tonight just kept sending the Vikings back. I mean, God bless the Vikings defense. They did all they could today to keep them in this game. They did everything they could. They forced two uh, Josh uh, Justin Fields fumbles late in the game and really gave themselves an opportunity. But uh, but the offense tonight was just putrid. Yeah, putrid tonight. Yeah, I mean the Vikings had uh, eight first downs uh, the entire game. That's not just a half. That's uh, or 15 total, eight passing first downs. Four so of those first down. downs came via penalty, yes. too. So. Yes, yes, four for – so, yeah. So, yeah, so they made 11. They were two of nine on third down and 0 of two on fourth down. So, let's get into Dobbs because Kevin yeah. O'Connell dropped a bomb mm-hmm. in his post-game press conference when he was asked, are you considering – changing quarterbacks coming out of the bye when you go to Vegas to play the Raiders. And he said, uh, we will take a look and evaluate. And he also had Mullins warming up on the sidelines in that game before he continued to stay with Dobbs. Yeah. So has the Pasternot splashed down in the ocean 
and his run is done. I, 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 when we were watching that in the post game, you know, we were watching it live, and my eyebrows went through the roof when I heard <laughs> that. I, I said, "Excuse me, I, I know he had a bad game today, but is is this an indication that he is he he does not give you the best opportunity to win?" Not from what I've seen the last couple of weeks, there's not any, any indication, unless there's something they know about Nick Mullins that I don't, that perhaps Nick Mullins might be the second coming of Kurt Warner. I don't know. But that, that, uh, uh, wow. That, that to me was, yes. like I said, you can see my eyebrows brows now. I, I'm still trying uh, and to And then like for him, him to verbalize yes. it. Yes. You know, he's go, he usually, he, he, you know. He doesn't usually give the media anything in right. these press conferences. He'll just throw a lot of jargon at you and say, well, we've got to look at the tape. And, you know, but Josh has done a great job. He's done all that we've asked of him. Yeah. Instead, he says, no, we're going to take a look and evaluate our options. That, that to me, was a shocking reply. I, it, I don't to, – to, to potentially dismiss him after one bad game, that, to me, is a shock. Um, I, I think Josh Dobbs has done enough to earn the job. I think he's done enough to earn the respect of the leaders in the locker room. And, and when the when the when the post game press conference with Kevin O'Connell started, uh, Jim's hair got a little bit more gray hearing Kevin O'Connell saying that you know it starts with oh, me. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. well, this is what I want to see. Okay, I am so tired. Whether it was PJ Fleck, whether it was this coach, whether it was that coach, it's all on me. It starts with me. Okay, coach, then tell us what went wrong then. If it's all on you, you know what went wrong. Quit giving us, well, I got to look at the tape. I got to study more things. No, tell us, was it a wrong play call? Was it a wrong decision to start this player? Let's get into it. When they say it's always on me or starts with me, then it's like, okay, well, let's start with you. How did you blow this? <laughs> yeah, and and and, to, and I'm to, talking to every coach, not to, just O'Connell. To, but to start to start Such the press conference, to start the press conference essentially, essentially with that in your opening statement, and then by the end of your press conference, get to the point of well, we don't really know who the starter is going to be moving forward. That's not exactly how he said it, but he said we're going to have to reevaluate who's gonna, yeah. the starter is going to be moving forward. Take a look from, and evaluate. Right to go from to go from that starting point of the press conference to reach that conclusion by the end of the press conference. Uh, my neck needs a brace from turning left or right. What? 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 I, I don't know how we went from starting with that to the conclusion that we have to re reevaluate the quarterback or essentially we, uh, we, we're we going to have to kind of break it down over the – take the bye week and reassess the quarterback position moving forward. All right, here's an amateur evaluation of Dobbs to this point. I think they are concerned with his accuracy and mm -hmm. the timing of his throws. It doesn't seem like he's been able to get a real handle on hitting the receiver at the exact right moment. Like Cousins was just laser perfect right in somebody's hands between two defenders over this guy. But with Dobbs, we've not seen that yet. And, you know, granted, it's what, three games, right? So you could expect that. But I think that must be what the one chink in that armor is. Has been. And again tonight, the Bears did a good job of keeping him in the pocket. He didn't go on to many extended tours like he did in the first couple of weeks with the Vikings. So I think that's what they're looking at. And, you know, because 
he had Jordan Addison wide open for a touchdown, and he led him out of bounds. He had the entire field to mm-hmm. throw it. Wide open. And he wide open. lured him over the sideline for an incompletion. And even you saw they had a cutaway on the game of O'Connell, and he just, eyes got bigger, and he just sank to the ground watching that. It was a walk because touchdown. it was Yeah, because it was a beautiful play call. They set him up, the double move, the bear guy collapsed, boom, he's gone, and that's what happened. So I think those are the things, because his favorite target, once again, is T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. He's good at middle range, finding the tight end. Hawkinson, five catches, 50 yards, gets the 17-yard touchdown. That was it, really, that was dynamic. There were a couple to Powell. There were a couple to Addison. And granted, Addison had that one ricochet right off his helmet for an interception. Oh, that, that, that's on that him. That hit help. him in the hands. That, yeah. that is, uh, there, there were two throws in this game that I want to point out really quick from Dobbs that, that, makes, that gives me a little bit. You highlighted one of them just now. The, the, the deep ball to Jordan Addison, that was a walk-in touchdown that he missed Addison hitting him in stride. The other one came on the opening series of the second half where Minnesota started that series with a 21-yard run to Jordan Addison and then went four straight pass plays before turning the ball over on downs. We can also discuss that decision as well. We will in a minute. But the fourth down play on fourth and seven, and and this this is, we're talking just Pierre Nugent's own evaluation of quarterbacks. This is where I will back up the truck $300 million to any quarterback who could show me that they can throw that back shoulder sideline throw, that those all those sideline throws, catching a receiver going out of bounds with accuracy and keeping it away from the defender. If you can show me you can do that with consistency, I will back the truck up for you every single time. The throw to Hawkinson, if it had, if it had been a little bit more to the back shoulder, he could have caught it and turned immediately to get the first down. The throw was the the ball was thrown just a little bit behind him to where TJ had to adjust to kind of reach back and grab it, and that gave the defender just enough time to come over and make the tackle where he couldn't turn. It was fourth and seven. He gained six. He stopped short a yard. So that goes back to my theory that they think he's just not accurate enough, and his timing is just not there. Yeah for what they would need a quarterback to do in critical situations. It's it's a hard it's a hard throw to make. I'm not sitting here saying that the the back shoulder sideline throws, those little quick out routes that you want your receivers or tight ends to make when you need a quick gain of 5 on a 4th and 4 or something like that. It's not an easy throw to make with 100% accuracy. So, you know, I'm not trying to be overly hard on Josh for that throw specifically, but it, but it's those little things. It's those little little things because Chicago took over Yep. And they went down the field and kicked the field goal to take the lead, 6-3, on a, on a situation where we thought uh, that, if memory serves me correctly, I think they took over on downs and then went down the field to kick the field goal at, at that point. But that's that's a situation where you have fourth and seven from your own 49. You're in minus territory. Why aren't you putting the ball? The, you're not scared of the Bears' offense. What did the Bears right. do in the first half to scare you? Right. If anything, you want to kick it to them, and your defense, which has been playing lights out, You'll hopefully get a three and out. You'll get the ball back at midfield and try again. I mean, it wasn't like, wow, this is going to be a track meet. If we don't score here, we're not going to be in this game. Yeah. You will have plenty of windows of opportunity to score and take the lead like they did late in the game. So I don't understand why in a game like that do you want to give the Bears any, especially their offense, any 
uh, encouragement or like, ooh, game hey. a short field, a short a game, sure game a short field, and and that's, you know, it, that that was a curious decision. I don't I don't mind being aggressive at times, but that that's the thing that confuses me with with Kevin O'Connell. We have now seen this two weeks in a row now. You you get aggressive in minus territory on a fourth and seven, yet in Denver when you have a first and ten from the twelve and you're up 17-15, you run it on back-to-back plays for no gain, setting yourself up for a third and long that allowed Denver to rush the quarterback, that forced Dobbs to get rid of the ball quickly and incomplete. You settle for three, you go up 20-15. to What does Denver do? Drive down the field, kick the field goal. You recover a fumble with under four to play. It was under three and a half to play in plus territory. Chicago still has two timeouts left and the two-minute warning at this situation. You run it on back-to-back plays and get a yard. I understand you're trying to, to burn clock and give Chicago a limited opportunity, but you're not up four. Right. You're not up right. four. You're up one. So a field goal still it, it, it could be the difference of the game. If you're up four, I don't necessarily mind that too much because you know you got to make Chicago score a touchdown, which they hadn't done all game long. I can live with the consequences on that. But in that situation – you burn less than because Chicago used their timeouts. Uh, and then you're again, a third and long, you're forced to throw. You do a little quick out to, I believe it was Brandon Powell. It might've been Jordan Addison. I can't remember. I think it was Brandon Powell. Yep. Quick out to Brandon Powell get goes nowhere. Yep. And now you're forced to punt. You burn less than a minute off the clock. You give the ball right back to Chicago with uh, over two minutes to play. They drive down the field, kick a field goal. Yeah, exactly right. The lack of innovation, the lack of aggression at the right time, the timely aggression, and 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 you know. And that's two weeks in a row because he did it against Denver too. You 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 played you played those are those are moments that indicate to me you are playing not to lose the game. Um, I know your defense had been playing great all game. I don't have a problem with you saying I trust our defense because there's no reason not to trust the defense. However, in that situation, when you're only up a point, Jim, I, I th- th- there's context to everything. And the context of that pl- of the play calling sequence, the moment after they recovered the second fumble, didn't make sense to me at all. Right. I, I don't have a problem running in on first down, but when you get nothing on first down, you, you got to just throw it. Just throw it. Why? I mean, well, you, we'll do a high percentage. Yeah. You know, a swing pass yeah, to fine, the back fine. Or, or Hawkinson fine. over the middle. That That's one that uh, Dobbs seems to have down pat. Something like that. Some high percentage pass that you're not going to have the incompletion and stop the clock. Right. Right. Um, how about let's go back to the start of the game. Uh, first quarter. Here's a stat for you. The Bears ran 19 plays. Vikings ran only three and had negative seven yards. That's the fewest yards by a team in the first quarter of an NFL game dating back to 2019. Uh, Credit ESPN stats and info for that. Wow. Um, What I want to get at here is why the slow start. Usually when you have scripted plays, Mm -hmm. and in years past, the Vikings were ridiculous. I I think in the Zimmer area, they were fantastic on their opening drive. Yeah. The first 15, yes. they would rip down the field, seven points, boom, we're on our way. And then, of course, the offense would go off the tracks. Right. That was a, that's a different story. I digress. But you look at what was going on here, and the offense, for some reason, has not gone anywhere the last two weeks. 
this was a game where I, I was watching, and, and by the second quarter, I thought to myself, boy, it would really would be nice to have Justin Jefferson in this game, wouldn't it? To give yourself another option, another target that has to, you know, take attention away from a defense. So, you know, that's kind of a hard question to ask. I think the easy answer is, you know, you haven't been able to establish a run game all season long. Tonight right. wasn't wasn't too bad. Tonight was actually a little bit better than I thought it would have been. But there was a lack of a commitment. Uh, you rushed to the seventeen run. times, seventy three yards, four point three per yeah, carry. So for, yeah, so that's not that's not bad. Well, well, well uh, of that seventy three, yeah, twenty one came on one carry. Well, yeah, I mean, I, they, so, I get, I get so it. So you like, take that away, it's uh, 50, 50 yards on seventeen carries, on sixteen carries, on sixteen. Yes, yeah, that's that's. That's not good. That's three. That's just a little over three yards of carry. So, um, you know, I know it counts all the same, I guess. But but at the same time, too, there people talk often about, like, even if you're not running the ball well in the fourth quarter, because they never trailed by more than six in this game. Right. So it's not like they had right. to abandon the run by any means. That, that would never had to be an option in this game. Correct. So the, you're, you still want to run it to, to just have a threat to try to wear down a defense. And I thought Alexander Madison ran the ball particularly well for the most part in the second half. He was finding holes. He was making good cuts. I thought Madison played pretty decently in the second half. So, you know, but but 17 carries as opposed to 31 throws in a game that you never trailed by more than six. Why? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, O'Connell... You know, it was supposed to be this offensive wizard, right? I mean, th that was his specialty. And it, granted, and it was last year. He doesn't have his two best players on offense. I, exactly. We, we understand and that, that. And that may be why this offense can't go anywhere, because he installs it. He hands it to Josh. He says, hey, uh, how about running this one here? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, you want me to do that one? Hey, I don't know. I, I could do this one. Maybe that one. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what's going on. And that's why we're back to the – well, we're going to take a look and evaluate our quarterbacks. So you have Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins, or Josh Dobbs. You want to uh, put some cash on who will be the starter in nope. Vegas? No. Nope. Come on, they're in nope. Vegas. Everybody bets. No, nope. nope. yeah. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? Uh, last week I asked you and Ahmad, and wasn't going to hold you to it, but where is the needle right now? Starter opening day next year. Josh Dobbs, Kirk Cousins. Oh, I, 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 I was as you just asked that question. I was, I was honestly thinking to myself, Kirk Cousins is at home with a big grin on his face yes. right now. Not because of the Vikings lost. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm trying to imply. But because uh, I think he. Let's be honest. There are a lot of people that take Kirk Cousins for granted around here in these parts, and you know, if if you have Kirk Cousins in this game, does it go better? I would be inclined to believe it does. I mean, look what they did to the 49ers uh, two months ago on Monday Night Football. So, you know. I, I think they win the last two if Kirk was in there. I agree. I agree entirely. I mean, I agree again, entirely. I, I love Josh as a person. Yeah. I, I love what he's trying to do here, and he is in yeah. a tremendously difficult situation. I'm not dumping on him and saying he's no good and this kid doesn't get it. He has done everything he can to try to pick this offense up try to learn it, digest it, know everybody's names, and figure this all out on the fly. So I'm certainly not saying that well, he, he's not ever going to amount to anything. Uh, you could go have your own opinion on him, but <laughs> I, I think Kirk is, uh, in these last two games, if he was the quarterback, I think the Vikings walk off the field with two wins. And I'll answer your question. If I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not really, but, you know, if I was a betting man, um, 
I, I would I would bet that Josh Dobbs is gonna be the starter going in against the game against the Raiders. That would that would be my guess. Because I I I, I don't I don't think he's done enough to lose the job. Now it's gonna it depends on how Nick Mullins probably looks in practice, I guess, because I it, think it's Jaron Hall. You think Jaron Hall's gonna start against the Raiders? Yep. I think they had him groomed, ready to go before that concussion. Yeah. I can and see it. I know Mullins was on IR, so he wasn't an option at that time. So then, and we haven't seen Nick Mullins forever, so who knows what he looks like? Mm -hmm. I, I I haven't seen him in in years. Let me have a follow up seven. to that. If Jaron Hall is the starter against the Raiders, then who's the inactive quarterback? Uh, I would say Dobbs would be the inactive quarterback because Mullins would be your security blanket, a guy that can manage. The offense. And, and if that's the scenario, it just goes – this league is just well, – he, uh, he was the toast of the town a uh, month ago, yeah, yeah. and now he's he's the inactive quarterback four weeks later. It's just a remarkable just week-to-week -week league. It is. This, this and that's why NFL it's so riveting. That's why we sit and watch it. That's why people are right now watching a podcast in the middle yeah, of the night right. wanting to get as much information on this club to try to sort out what's going on. I mean – we know it. We see the numbers from you people out there. When the Vikings lose, that's when you turn to us and all the Masochists, other outlets. all of you. Well, no, because they want to know what's wrong with our team. You win, and you just go crack another beverage and say, hey, I don't need to hear anymore. I saw it. I witnessed it. I saw the touchdowns. Let's go. But when they lose, this fan base cares so much about the team, the product. They want to know what's wrong, where could it be fixed, and they want things pointed out to them, and that's what we try to do here. Well, one thing, one thing I, I would talk about that that went right tonight for Minnesota is defensively again. Um, Amazing. I know they give up the big play to DJ Moore at the end there, but I mean, what more did you want from from this defense? One guy that stood out to me was Sheldon Day, who just recently was called up from the practice squad. Shed shed blockers pretty well tonight. Should have had two sacks. Yes, he, he had, did, he had, had that one right he had around the waist right to let him go. But he shed. If you watch the play, he shed the block beautifully. Penetrated the pocket, played well, had a fumble recovery in the game. I said, okay, Sheldon Day, I see you out there doing well. Harrison Phillips, I thought, played pretty well. Uh, Daniel Hunter, another sack. And a, the, the, the defensive front for Minnesota thought had a pretty good day. Yeah. Thought had, they had yep. a pretty good day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, your leading tackler, Ivan Pace Jr. Who also had a sack, too, I, I think. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Daniel Hunter, sack and a half. Metellus shared that one uh, with Metellus him. Metellus was terrific again. Right. Terrific and, again. and again, it goes back to if you watched our show on Sunday night with Pete Bursich, uh, Vikings uh, postgame tonight, where he was talking about this defense, and we asked him why it's been so effective. And he said it's because Flores puts his guys in situations mm -hmm. where they are comfortable, where they are happy where they're excited because they know what's being asked of them is something that they could do and do well, and that's what's brought in this fire to the defense. He's not asking people to do stuff like they are not capable. Like last year, Daniel Hunter was asked to cover backs coming out of the backfield. Right. No. No, no that's not what I do well. I want to go get the guy with the football before he can get it to yeah. that back in the flat. And – uh, Flores, as you've been singing his praises ever since he came on here, watching him in Miami when he was coaching mm -hmm. that team, he knows how to connect with the player, find their strong suit, 
and then just keep feeding them the same thing right. and letting them excel. The only player I haven't seen him connect with is Tua Tagovailoa. That's the only player I haven't <laughs> seen him connect with. But, um, yeah, I, I've been I, – I, I sound like a broken record. I don't really need to go into it too long of how much of a believer I am in Brian Flores and what he does and what he has done. The proof is in the pudding. I mean, look well, at – Because he doesn't even have the stars of last that's, year. That's the thing. You know, no Kendricks, no yep. Patrick Peterson. Yep. Uh, who are the lines that I'm missing? The, is it Darius Smith? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you take that away. Yeah. And he's – you watch it and you're like, shall they? Who's – is he a Viking? Oh, he is a Viking. I, I, I mean, the people that he's just plug and playing is astonishing. I, I always tell people you go back to the 2019 season. If you if you really want to be even more impressed with Brian Flores, go look at the roster of the Miami Dolphins of the of the 2019 season. Find me uh, how many guys are still in this league, and watch and or go back and look at the final nine games of that season. And he they were signing guys on Tuesday, and they those guys that they signed on Tuesday were playing on Sunday. And they yeah. still found a way to, to win games when that team was not trying to win games in 2019. That season indicated to me right there that Bl Brian Flores is one heck of a football coach. And and I think I think the Vikings are lucky to have him. Uh, but right now, the reality is they are 6-6. Six and six and, and all of a sudden, the door is wide open because we have three teams, two or three teams sitting right. Green Bay is closing in. The Rams yes. are closing in. Uh, so th it, their game... Or excuse me, they're a half game now because it, it's only a half game. They're even in the loss column. So now the door is open for Green Bay and the Rams next week to try to catch Minnesota for the final spot in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's what we sit right now. Vikings dropped to the seventh and, seed. And the Saints. The Saints fell Now because uh, Seattle is 6-5, and mm -hmm. five. Yep. they are the sixth seed. Vikings are 6-6. Six and six. Uh, then you have Green Bay, mm -hmm. half game behind, as mm -hmm. you said. So if they win, they will move up and be tied with the Vikings, although the Vikings have the tiebreaker because they beat them right. already. Uh, you have the Rams at 5-6. and six. Yep. You have New Orleans at 5-6. and six. Yep. And if you want, you can throw in Tampa Bay at 4-7. and seven. Right, It's still alive. I mean, yes. the season's oh, yeah, absolutely. Over. Two games back of the Lions in the division. Uh, I, think, I think tonight's loss, Jim, in all honesty, even though we have uh, five games left now. Yep, five, five games five left. Weeks. Tonight's yep. loss shut the door for me on the on the Vikings to have any possibility of winning this division. I, I think I think they're they're unless the Lions continue to uh, come back to earth, barring some kind of catastrophic injury to key players in Detroit. I think with five games to go and two get well get, here. This, this is where this is where I, I should probably backtrack my statement. I'm, I'm ready. You do <laughs> no, play no, the Lions. You do play the Lions twice. Yes, that's that's yes. Where, that's yep. that's where that's where it could be done. But I have a hard time believing that the Lions will slip up enough in the final five games of the season to give Minnesota a chance to get back in the Okay, division. I could be wrong. All right, I'll give you the Vikings' final five. Yeah. All right, you tell me the record. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, after the bye, uh -huh. go to the Raiders. Yeah. Then you go to the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Then you host Detroit, Okay. host Green Bay, and finish in Detroit. So what's the, what's the record there? Oof, man. I mean, the Bengals are not the Bengals anymore. Right. Not with Burrow done right. for the year. Right. So they look easy. Raiders are going to be tough. But Raiders they are going to be tough. Raiders look competent. Raiders yeah. are going to be tough. Yep, the coaching change there yeah. really made a big difference for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm ping-ponging back and forth between <laughs> 9 and 8 and 8 and 9. Um, so what's that, 3 and 2 down the stretch or I, 2 and 3? 3 and 2 I think is the best the Vikings are going to do down the stretch. That's my that's my gut call. 
is three and two down the stretch. Um, you you have to you have to you have to go three and two, and one of those wins has to be against the Lions in order to really put yourself in a solid spot to grab a wild card spot. Okay. If you lose two games to the Lions, I think you're finished because I think between I I don't think I don't think the Vikings are gonna go. 3 and 0 against the Raiders, Bengals and Packers. Why to, not? I because I two games are on the road. Yeah. The Bengals defensively are still a very good team. Defensively the Bengals are very good. Jake Browning, if you watch that game, which I know probably none of you did, but I did. Jake Browning <laughs> he had money who, on who it. stepped I did not have money <laughs> on that game. Jake Browning who stepped who stepped in for for Joe Burrow wasn't great but he was not bad he made, i saw him make one bad throw in that game it was like it was a costly interception of the fourth quarter but jake browning did not play poorly okay. in my opinion so the, it's a similar situation cincinnati looks an awful lot like minnesota right now you're on a backup quarterback you play great defense if you want to bet on that game i would take the under in that game that's really, <laughs> but like but the, so cincinnati even check out pierre's betting blog no, yeah soon <laughs> enough um cincinnati just because they don't have joe burrow doesn't mean they're not any good Las Vegas, just because they have Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback, doesn't mean they're not any good because they played Miami really tough. They blew a lead against Kansas City. They were 14-0 on Kansas City, and they're going to be home. So, and Green Bay, is Jordan Love, has Jordan Love suddenly turned a corner? That you just saw what they did in Detroit. Yeah. So, it's hard for me to really f- come on this podcast and emphatically say, oh, yeah, the Vikings are going to go 3-0 in those games against Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and Green Bay. If they do, if they do, that this team is going to make the playoffs. But I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah, well, after what we watched against the Bears. Yeah. Yes. All right, here's what the Lions have left. Uh, they have the Saints at New Orleans, at Chicago, mm-hmm. Denver, at home, Vikings, Cowboys, at Dallas, and then Vikings again. Okay, read me the first two one more time. Uh, at Saints, at Bears. Okay, okay. Then, and the game. Then is, Broncos, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Cow. Uh, no, Saints, Bears, Saints, Bears, Broncos, uh-huh. Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Is that game in Dallas or in? Uh, it is in Dallas. So they have three road games, mm-hmm. or they have four road games left. Only two at home. They're in Denver as well. Uh, no, Denver is home, and the Vikings are home. Wow, that's, that's all they that's have at home. That's an interesting stretch See? for, for Detroit. See? I, maybe that door isn't closed yet eh. on that division eh. title. Yeah, I, I think I think the Lions. I think the Lions will win the next two games. Saints and Bears. I think the Lions will win those two games, but the last four. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um. So, with this buy coming, good time for a buy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, much needed a recalibration, if you will. It's I love if I'm a if I'm a team, I love having the later buy because you're you're banged up. You get a chance to get away from it. You get a chance to reevaluate things. You're Kevin O'Connell, and you got five games left. Now's the time to get a little bit healthy, a little bit more practice in sync with with some of your players, and th- and there you have everything in front of you for the stretch drive. Get your now, now's the time to to get a refresh. I I think it comes at the right time. All right. The players, though, I don't think are going to be too restful on this buy. I think this game, the Denver loss was, I think, palatable to them. They Mm -hmm. were like, okay, it was there. We 
had three turnovers. This one is going to be one where you look back at the end of the season. If they end up being out of the playoffs by a game, they're going to look at this and go, yeah. really? Yeah. This really? Two, this two games. We, we, yeah. we did this to ourselves mm-hmm. with Chicago. And once again, I will repeat this. From day one, the Vikings have yet to lose a game. They have given these losses away. They beat themselves once again. Well, I, it's, uh, it's a thin margin. 23 turnovers on the season. 23. Yeah. That is that that has been the the theme of the season and when will it stop I don't know but it needs to stop now if the Vikings have any chance of making the postseason. All right, you got anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah, I want to go home. Let's all get right. out of here. Uh, yeah. Tell people where to find this. Uh, How do they find all you, this other stuff? You can stuff? find us everywhere you get your podcast. Plus, you can also find us on the Fox Nine YouTube page and uh, give it a like, subscribe, listen. If you hate us, tell us about that yeah, as well. Comments, I, we read fine. them, right? We yeah. can, we, we can yeah, read your we, comments. We, we want the feedback, so please give us the feedback, and hopefully you enjoy the Vikings Now podcast. All right, that'll do it for us. So Vikings lose to the Bears. They're back to 500. It's a bye week, and so now we are saying bye.